Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Do you trust God? Does God trust you? Let's find out the principles of trusting who's who and what's what on this episode of Inverse. Hey guys, thanks for watching Inverse. We're so happy you decided to join us and join my friends on this episode of Inverse. This quarter we're looking at stewardship. What is stewardship? How do we get about living out to be better stewards for God? And this episode we're talking about the gospel and about some intangible stuff, some ideas and, and, and truth and some philosophy that we're going to be talking about. And uh, let's get into the verse. Let's, we'll start with a prayer from Israel and then we'll get into the Bible. Let's pray. Father in heaven, what a privilege it is for us to be stewards of this very great treasure of truth. As we study this topic, we pray that your, ple your blessing will be with us. You guide our conversation in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Callie, we're going to read from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse or something. Verse 4. Verse 4. Thanks. Yes, verse 4. <laughs> it says, But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. Okay. So, Sebastian, the first question to you, that's a verse from Paul. Sometimes Paul is awesome. Sometimes <laughs> Paul is like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he's a little so dense. He's yes. a little dense. It's like, you know, nutritious bread that's... Nutritional density. Yes. Whole wheat bread. Anyway, right. what's a verse that's 4 right. talking about? I like that one. You like challenge. Well, you know, First Thessalonians 2, verse 4. Yeah. He He's essentially kind of... Um, you know, dealing with how he came into the Thessalonian church, right, and preached the gospel to them, right? Mm -hmm. So he tells them he preached the gospel. And in verse 4, he essentially explains why they speak the way that they do, mm -hmm. right, with this kind of authority in preaching the gospel. And he says in verse 4, we've been approved by God. So that means that God basically measured you, mm -hmm. right, and said, this is approved. And he approved them to be entrusted, Right. So you guys were proven faithful as people that I could trust and not necessarily with responsibility, but with a message. Mm -hmm. Right. With the gospel. And he says, even so, we speak. Mm -hmm. So that means we're, we're speaking according to what's been entrusted to us. Mm -hmm. We don't speak about things that haven't been entrusted to us. So their boldness was not based on their personality or their intelligence or even their experience. Not at all. It really was, I mean, we've been talking about this quarter on that the, the foundation of this whole stewardship thing is relationship. Mm -hmm. And that God, through our relationship with him, has has entrusted us, is trusting us with something. Yes. Know? So let's let's talk about that. What has he entrusted us with? Well, I think the, the first thing here, obviously, is he's entrusted us with the good news of Christ, mm -hmm. right? The gospel, mm -hmm. right? Which is what brought along the church in Thessalonica. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what Paul is saying. Look, we're just testifying to the fact that our goal was not to please men, but to please the one who actually approved us mm -hmm. in order to, to preach the gospel and trusted it to us. Mm -hmm. So think about it, right? Paul's saying, my focus as a gospel preacher is not on you. Mm. 
do, are you happy? Are you pleased? Right. My focus as a gospel minister is, is God pleased? Who's the one who entrusted me with this particular message? Mm-hmm. And so it, it lets me know as a preacher, when I finish preaching at a church or at an event, my question should not be, did the people love it? Mm-hmm. Right. Was the crowd adoring? Rather, the question should be, God, did I say what you told me to say? Yeah. Right. Yeah. According to what you entrusted to me. Yeah. And we got to this whole thing that kind of throws is, is an inverse relationship. Hey. I mean, we're, <laughs> we've been always talking about, do you trust God? Trust, trust in the Lord. You know, the scripture <laughs> trust and obey, yeah. trust and <laughs> obey. But here it's, you know, does God trust us yeah. is, is a question to be asked. It's scary. Yeah. yeah. You know, scary. in, in uh, John chapter two, towards the end of John chapter two, it talks about a group of people that believed in Jesus, but Jesus did not believe in them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in our Christian experience, we need to look at our relationship with Christ in a two-way street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we say that we believe in Christ. We say we're followers of Christ, et cetera, et cetera, and all yeah. that is good. Mm-hmm. But we also should be asking ourselves the question, does God or does Jesus believe in me? Mm-hmm. What I love about this passage in First Thessalonians is that as a Christian, it gives me confidence to move forward in in the, in the task that God has given me to do. And I think this should be an encouragement to all of us. We look at ourselves and we think, man, I have so many things that I lack in the proclamation of the gospel. I don't have the power to speak like Paul or the intellect of Paul or, or mm. the passion of, of Peter. But what's cool about this passage is that it says here that somebody has already looked at our resume, has already looked at our qualifications, and has taken the time to approve us to mm. do the ministry that we are called to do. And that's God himself. He's our, he's our board of directors, if you will, mm-hmm. and he has now <laughs> appointed us. And with this comes the privilege of knowing that God has, he knows our weaknesses and strengths, but also the, 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 the immense responsibility that we have to please him. I mean, that's, that's kind of heavy. I mean, Callie, can you help us out? Like, this is like, oh, with all the burdens that we have now, God is trusting me with the gospel. Like, uh, like uh, how, do, <laughs> yes. how do you deal with that? Well, I think, you know, they keep talking about the different ways that it's not just, it's not just trusting us. Like, here you go, hold on to that. Mm. But have this, and they, they're using it to share with others. So mm-hmm. the verse says, right, we're entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak. Mm-hmm. So when we have something from God, it's not just an entrustment of something we hold on to. Like, well, you know, the, the parable of um, like the, su- the steward who buried something. Like, oh, yeah, I'll come back to it. That's not what God's asking us to do. When he entrusts the gospel to us, he entrusts it so we would speak and so we'd share mm-hmm. it other, to others. And, you know, to, to kind of build off of this, right, and, and taking your point about the idea that does Jesus believe in you, mm-hmm. I also hear that in a different experience as well where people feel like God doesn't believe in them, uh-huh. right? Where it's kind of like, well, I'm not qualified. I'm not a pastor. I don't have these kind of abilities and gifts. But the very fact that he says we have been approved by God. Mm-hmm. What in the world did Paul do to be approved? Right. What did him and Timothy do to be approved mm-hmm. or Silas or Barnabas or Peter? Right. And that approval was essentially on the basis of their own surrender to Christ and his lordship. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I think that that transforms the game. Right. Mm-hmm. To know that the moment I surrender my life to Jesus, that humility and that surrender is God's approval. Mm-hmm. And now the very gospel that has transformed my life, he's now entrusting me mm-hmm. to bring to other people to transform their lives. And so going back to your question about like, how do you, 
how you're able to stand under that heavy burden. That's mm. the point. Of, you're not supposed to stand under that heavy burden. It's through Jesus Christ. Mm. And so because Jesus is the one who's giving you the ability to mm -hmm. be entrusted, then Jesus entrusts you and then Jesus uses See, I, you I love to that. use that. Ah, man, this is where I feel the burden is just, ah. Oh, <laughs> you know, so, so God has given this trust into us, mm -hmm. but with that trust like comes also you. the strength to, to support that. He's holding yeah. you and, as and, you hold it. And here's the thing, right? You got an O from Sebastian. Okay. So, yes. And then on top of this, right, the verse says, <laughs> yes. but God who tests our hearts, right? Yes. They're, they're speaking for him. Yes. So God's approving you, and then God's testing you yes. after you're speaking according Wait, to what he approved you to do. <laughs> yes. So this shows you, right, that God is almost wanting to show you and unfallen worlds, right? This is what the gospel produces, mm -hmm. not just in the listener, but in the preacher, mm -hmm. right? So here's the gospel. Exactly, right? Yeah. So it's almost as if God's putting the power of his gospel on display, mm -hmm. right? And it's like, well, I'm approved. Why? Because you surrender to Christ. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to share. God's going to test me again, not to say like, did you preach it exactly yeah. as I told yeah, you? Yeah, and yeah. I'm going to nickel and dime you through this whole message. No, he's like, now see, yeah. This is the transformation. Now let's go to Luke chapter 16 here, and let's look at someone who was given a, a trust and someone who did not follow all the way through. Yeah, and so this is uh, a sobering parable, but also a pretty good one. Luke chapter 16, verse 1, and as you want to read there a couple verses, and we'll, we'll take intermittent breaks in case you guys are getting bored or you guys start thinking about your laundry. <laughs> verse 1 of Appreciate that. Appreciate of, that. of Luke. He also said to his disciples, There was a certain rich man who had a steward, and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. Mm -hmm. Verse 2. So he called him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be a steward. Okay, can we just pause there and just really brief, can mm -hmm. we talk about that term stewardship and steward? Like, what, what is that? Just really, really brief and really, really easily. Mm -hmm. What What is that? Is that like... Well, he's not the owner. Yeah, he's, he's not the owner. Yeah, yeah. He's a manager. He's I was going to say, he's entrusted with goods. He's supposed to use them wisely. Okay, he's been entrusted and he's not the manager. He's a manager. Oh, he's a manager. He just manages the goods that do not belong okay, to him. Not the owner, but the manager. Okay, Correct. cool. Keep on going on verse 3. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I am ashamed to beg. For I resolved what to do, for I resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their house. Okay, so so far, Sebastian, can you give us a summary of what's going on in here? What's he saying is in to himself? So essentially, in verse 2, right, when he's called to account, right, there's rumors that he's wasting the master's goods, not using them, managing them according to what he wants. Mm -hmm. Then he's thinking, man, when he checks the records, he's going to find out I have been wasting his goods mm -hmm. and I'm about to get fired, mm -hmm. right? So basically, he's carving a plan. Mm -hmm. It's like, man, what am I going to do? Because back in those days, in the biblical times, your, your manager lived on your property. Mm -hmm. So you weren't just employed. You were also the beneficiary of mm -hmm. his space That's and whole the food and everything, mm -hmm. right? So this was like, you ain't got no place to live. So this babysitter no was eating from the refrigerator a little too much while, while taking care of the kids. Precisely, yeah. right? Okay. Having your friends right. over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. party time. Okay, verse 5. So special summer experience. Verse 5. Um, <laughs> so he called everyone. <laughs> so he called every one of his master's debtors to him. And he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. Mm -hmm. Then he said to another, how much do you owe? And he said, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and write 80. Mm -hmm. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons okay, of Okay, I mean, that's getting, that's getting heavy. That's getting heavy. But let's, let's keep reading and we'll come back to this part. Okay. okay. Uh, Israel verse 9. And I say unto you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, 
that when you fail, they may receive you into, the everla- into an everlasting home. Mm-hmm. Mm. He who is faithful in that which is, uh, sorry, he who is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also Okay, in awesome much. verse. And Kelly, we're going to read for verse 11. I'm going to fire Israel, verse 11. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Okay, I mean, this is a parable from Jesus. Yeah, I mean, what in the world? Let's, let's unpack this. Okay, we, we know about the basic story. What's going on here? Uh, Israel? Well, Jesus is saying, look, you either have to be faithful or you, or you don't, or make plans if you're not going to be faithful. In other words... Um, <laughs> make plans if yeah. you're not going to be faithful. I mean, that's what he's telling. He's telling the guy, look, if you're going to mess up, if you're going to get fired, yeah. I'm going to at least commend you that you went and made plans to make sure that you were taken care of, and you went and you dealt shrewdly. And so Jesus is mm-hmm. saying, look, you have two options, and you're either going to follow me 100% and, and then allow me to take care of you, uh-huh. or if you're not going to do that, if you're going to go the, the world's end, then go all the way, you know? So mm-hmm. Christ is saying here, like, make up your mind what you're going to do, but don't put your foot on one side of the fence uh, and on the other side of the fence. Okay. Interesting. Okay, Sebastian, you're saying interesting. interesting. Like, well, I don't agree with you. I think I'm going to see if you're serious. Well, I, 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 I'm partially... <laughs> uh, stuttering, too. Because I partially agree. <laughs> because Wait, hold on, hold on. Sebastian has, has, a, has a lot to say. We'll come back after this break, and we, you want to hear what Sebastian has to say. This Give is me my pen good. back. See you on the other side of the break. (laughs) Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back, you guys. We were we we're about to see Sebastian sneeze, and I just hold it in right there. So we're going <laughs> to, Sebastian, what were your comment? You're going to respond that you thought Israel's comment was interesting. You totally fundamentally disagreed with his comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can leave out the word fundamentally. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I, do, I do think, you know, the point about if you're going to be unfaithful, right, make plans, right? I, I believe that's there. Where, where I see the, the other point that Jesus is trying to make to his disciples is the fact that, you know, this world is going to come to an end, right? You're going to be fired from the stewardship of these things, mm-hmm. right? So when he comes down to the end of the parable and he says, and I say unto you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, you have to ask yourself in the parable, where did the guy make friends with wealth, right? So he recognized, right, earlier in the, in the parable, he said, I've resolved what to do in verse 4, that when I'm put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he calls the debtors because the goods are still in his hands. Yeah. So he's like, well, I still got the goods and I can leverage them. So the point here is that we all are being accused by the devil for being unfaithful stewards. Mm. That accusation is resting on our names, right, in heaven. And we are going to be called to an account and we all know that we have not been faithful. Mm. But the reality is, is Christ is saying, well, you still have my goods today, right? It's, even though it's, it's common, a slap in the face, it's also a hopeful message that you still have time, you still have life, you still have money, and you should use those things 
in order to make friends in heaven. So that they say the way that you use earthly goods reflects the same way an angel and a person in heaven would use those earthly goods because mm -hmm. they're still in your hands. Mm -hmm. Now that that accusation rests out You there. know what I see in this passage is I see that this steward, even though he was unfaithful to God or his previous owner, I should say, right. that when he's trying to now make up for it, he's, he's just as faithful, he's just as shrewd, mm -hmm. but for a different motive. Mm -hmm. So this guy, he has the quality of... And the good, mind of Stuart. Right. Like, a, like you could be good. You could be good. Like <laughs> you're you're such a good record keeper and a dealer. And it's like, okay, you stole 50 cookies from the refrigerator. Okay, give me 25. And he's doing the calculations and he's going Amazon and, and calculating and everything going on. So he's a very good steward with details. Mm -hmm. It's just his his motives are not calibrated. Yep. Yeah. And that goes to show you that, you know, the aim affects the abilities, right? And the process. So it's like you can have the qualities of a steward. But the ultimate aim, right, the master, God doesn't entrust to us his goods to hoard to ourselves mm. or to use for personal gain, mm -hmm. which is probably what this man was doing, yes. right? Oh, yeah, I'm, you know, wheeling and dealing to get myself something on the side, mm -hmm. right? But God's entrusting us anything that he's given to us, he's entrusted for the benefit of others, mm -hmm. right? Because it's almost as if, right, there's, um, you know, this quote that talks about how being entrusted with the work that Jesus did so that you could you could obtain a character like Jesus had, mm -hmm. right? That's why God's entrusting. God doesn't need us as stewards, right? Mm -hmm. And I think when you apply that to a, a, a divine context, it's like God doesn't need managers, <laughs> you know? So why is he making me a steward? It's clearly for my benefit, yeah, right. right? Not for God's benefit. Right. I think the point, the point there that, that I think it's important for us to note is the fact that stewardship is something that we do not as a favor to God, but as a favor to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And the motive is the critical component that the parable's getting at. He says, you can't serve two masters. That's mm -hmm. the conclusion of the parable. Yep. You're either going to serve God or you're going to serve mammon. Now, this man, he's not a lazy steward. You know, and, and the issue is not laziness or a lack of production. It's how he's <laughs> using the resources that God has given him mm -hmm. yep. or that the, that the owner has given him here. And, and he's apparently using them for self-promotion or he's using them for self-benefit instead of benefiting yes. the owner. Yeah. Yep. And so what Jesus is addressing here at the, the, the fundamental component of the parable is that stewardship, first and foremost, is an issue of the heart. Mm -hmm. And what do we do? Uh, what do we do when God entrusts something to us? Do we use it to benefit him or do we use it to benefit mm -hmm. ourselves? Mm -hmm. And Jesus is saying, look, no, I don't is, need this that. This is good. This is good. Now, let's, let's do this. I mean, I, this is uh, the, the <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's take what we talked about for the first verse we talked about, that God has entrusted us with the gospel. Mm -hmm. And we look at the second part of the passage where we look at this guy who is a good steward, but totally with the wrong motives. Right. Yeah. And then how do we bring those together? Okay. Mm -hmm. Has God entrusted us with the gospel? And then what are the ramifications of the parable for us today who, who we, we need to get the gospel out? Like, this is why we are on TV. This is why we're here uh, talking about and Sebastian's mm -hmm. wearing some salmon pink shirt and trying to, like, you know, we're makeup on and Callie did her, her hair and Israel got one of his hairs cut. You know, what, what, why are we doing this? Well, I mean, Sebastian. this is where my mind exactly was going, you know, was, you know, from Israel's comments is that if you apply the concept that the stewardship good is the gospel, right? That's the thing that's being entrusted in this parable. Yeah. Then it goes to show you, right, that we've all wasted it, Yeah. right? We haven't used it to benefit others, which is what he wanted us to do. Yeah. Tell people about the love of God. Tell people that they can be forgiven no matter how bad, no matter how dark. And those opportunities at the gas station, at the grocery store, I remember flying on a plane and, you know, 
sometimes when you fly a lot, you get to this point where you're like, man, put your headphones in and like ignore, like don't talk to me because I'm just trying to go to sleep right now. And you know, I didn't used to be that way, right? When I first started flying, it was like, oh, let me try to witness to this girl next to me. But now it's like headphones, I ain't trying to talk to anybody, just go through the flight and sleep. And so this one flight, I, I tried to do this, right? And as I was like turning on my headphones, this guy started talking to me, even though the headphones were on, right? Music was on, you know, I'm in <laughs> heavenly always places. There's guys on a flight. There's always one of them on They're going to talk anyway, yeah. right? So then he realizes I can't hear him, so he taps me on the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, hey. I'm like, yeah, right? You're trying to be a Christian, right? You don't want to lose your sanctification in uh, row 31, right? So you're, you're like, yo. So I'm looking at this guy, like, yeah, man, how's it going? He's like, yeah, is, are you from North Carolina? Is this, is this where you're from? And I'm like, yeah, I live here, you know, my wife and kids. And before you know it, right, we're talking about deep spiritual things, mm-hmm. right? We haven't even taken off yet. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, being a father and like, how do you, how do you bring God into your fatherhood, into your home? How, do you, how can you ensure your kids will be ready for eternity, all these things. And it just really showed me that, man, how much would I have wasted Mm. of everything God gave me in the word, everything that God gave me, you know, through books and learning and friends, right, who are also fathers and parents and Mm. insights on that, that I would have kept to myself aisle 31 on the window seat and just go to sleep. And this guy was literally sucking it up. I mean, he was like, this is powerful stuff. I'm so glad that I tapped you on the shoulder, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I think Kelly? I think that's a good point too of just that you know he's soaking it up, right? He didn't know these things that you're sharing with them. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we have these gifts from God and we take them for granted, mm-hmm. like oh I know this, so therefore everybody knows this. Mm-hmm. Um, or you and, think it's just for you? Yeah, or just I know for me. it. It's benefiting me. I'm blessed, me. and it stops here. Great, exactly. Yeah, and um, I was giving, I was talking to a friend during my uh, undergrad years at college, and um, we were supposed to have a Bible study together. She was a Christian of a different denomination, but she's like, yeah, let's just study the Bible, study like prayer or something. Okay, so we sat down and we're going to start studying. We're having a conversation, and she mentioned offhand that her dad had died nine years ago and she said kind of jokingly she's like yeah I never knew what I did to make God so mad but anyway so what did you want to study I'm like um just threw that in there let's go to Job real quick Mm. (laughs) and so I went to Job chapter one and just talked about how you know Satan tormented Job because he hated God not because he hated Job and how Job did nothing wrong and it kind of broke those things down and she's a very like gregarious person very outgoing very talkative but she was 100% silent the whole time so I'm like I don't know if I'm offending her I don't know if she's upset but I'm just gonna go Mm. with it so I just finished and so I was like yeah does that make sense and she just started crying she said I always thought God hated me. I thought that's why he took my dad from me. And she said, I went to my pastor and he said it was just God's will. God didn't want you to have your dad anymore. Mercy. And I was just like, (laughs) ah. But like, to me, it's like, oh yeah, everybody knows. Everybody knows why bad things happen. It's in Job 1. Everybody knows that. But she didn't. And so I could have ignored her comment and been like, yeah, let's talk about prayer, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is still important. But we need to be open to those opportunities and to notice those things and say, wow, we have, I have knowledge that can bless you and can bring you encouragement and joy. And so be willing to do those things for others. It's a sobering responsibility that whether it's something simple or something complex, all that what we know, Mm -hmm. these, these, it's, I mean, we've been talking about stewardship and sometimes we've been thinking about how much money we have. So what we know must be, God trusts us with that knowledge. Yeah. There, yeah. You know, uh, 
essentially a steward is an individual who is managing the wealth of someone that mm -hmm. is a lot more wealthy than mm -hmm. they are mm -hmm. and there you know and and it's amazing because there is privilege with that you know there's privilege of being like an administrative assistant to a to a very very rich ceo right you know even being a na i mean there are nannies that make a lot more money than i do mm -hmm. you know <laughs> and they're managing the wealth of other individuals and that's essentially what a steward is we're managing literally the the riches the wealth of the the king of the universe i mean mm -hmm. we're literally managing the the gospel is wealth mm -hmm. right right mm -hmm. and so there's a text in second corinthians chapter four verses six and onward and it says god who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts and it says to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of god that is in the face of jesus christ that's the gospel right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then he continues on and he says but we Speaking of himself, he says, but we have this treasure, that's mm -hmm. wealth, in earthen vessels, in jars of clay. And he tells us the reason why, that the excellency of the power, Maybe that's wealth, might be of God and not of us. Mm -hmm. And so hmm. what he's saying here and, and, and how we compare this with the parable is the, uh, the, this uh, unwise steward is essentially taking the wealth that, that does not belong to him and he's using it for himself. Mm -hmm. And Paul is saying, look, the purpose of the gospel is that we manage the wealth of God and he gives it to us as stewards because there's something profound in that act in and of itself. Right. That he puts this treasure not in a shiny box or not in a nicely wrapped gift, but he puts it in an earthen jar. Why? So that when people look at it, they don't say, oh, look, that's an awesome vase, right? Mm -hmm. But they're saying, wow, that's an awesome treasure. Why would someone put a treasure in an earthen vessel? The purpose of stewardship is that when people look at who we are and what we are entrusted with, they say, man, God is crazy that he would give you, that <laughs> he would right. make you a steward you're of his wealth. just an average Joe, yeah. you're just an earthen dirt wow. thing. You've yeah. yeah. got some, some, right. some cool <laughs> And yet God hires you. Yeah. You know? yeah. Right. And yeah. it's like, you know, you get these awesome stories all the time on television of how this rich CEO finds this person that is nothing, and then Makes I'm going to make you my, you know, my CFO, and, yeah. and then boom. That's essentially what God does to us with mm -hmm. the gospel. Yeah. He gives sure. us the gospel, and there's nothing greater, no greater sin than taking the beautiful gospel of Jesus Christ, the wealth of heaven itself. I mean, heaven was emptied right. in Christ. Mm -hmm. That's right. And there's nothing, there's no greater crime than using that gospel, mm. that privilege, and using it for ourselves. Yourself. And, and the gospel, look, the gospel is not just the preaching the cross. Mm. The gospel is us living right now, right? Yeah. And so if I waste my life, which is a probationary life, that's because of the gospel. I have we we live now because Jesus died on the cross. That's right. That's Temporally right. and eternally, right? And so how I use my life now is a testimony as to what kind of a steward I am. It's not mm -hmm. just the preaching or or whatever, but how right. we use our life, how we use our money, how we use our time, how we use our influence. All of this is a gift of the cross. So let me let me follow up with a, with a practical question. I think this is I mean, you three have laid out very uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, a cerebral burden here. I mean, this is good stuff. It's sobering. Mm -hmm. But let me ask you, for those who are watching, it's like, man, I really want, I, I now want to be a good steward of God. Mm -hmm. I really do with the gospel, with, with life itself. What are some practical things, practical ways that, not, I mean, we can just come, yeah. oh, give out, a, give out a tract here or there. No, yeah. not like that. But like how, what can, yeah. give us some concrete stuff. It's philosophically more foundational than that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in society today, we have this thing against self-denial, mm. right? We automatically associate self-denial with, uh, you know, with with um, legalism, mm -hmm. right? 
And yet that is the greatest gift we can give to God, mm -hmm. denying self. I mean, that's exactly what Jesus did, right? That's mm -hmm. Christ-likeness at its foundation. Mm -hmm. And so we have to think of ways in our own personal lives. How can I deny myself? For the purpose and for the glory of God, right? Right, and that's what that was going to be my my kind of caveat to that, right? Which is that self denial in and of itself has no value, right? Because mm -hmm. people will deny themselves for money, right? right? They'll deny themselves for power or for mm -hmm. position. But I think what you're driving at, right? And I'm glad you you mm -hmm. you landed it there, which is it's denying yourself for the sake of Christ, right? Yeah, and others out of love, yeah. right? Because your highest thing is not self-denial it's the love that leads you right right because that's how my wife knows that i love right because i'm willing to deny myself or my kids yeah so uh, it's on that note that uh sebastian bringing us to the point that maybe not the practical stuff not some steps but we really have to take a look at ourselves we really have to take a look at the lord and how can i apply self-denial to my life and find out ways of lord flow your 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 grace and your your will through me mm -hmm. it's a point of surrender that we need to get to that's my prayer. I've been sobered by today's conversation, hopefully by all of you as well, and uh, hopefully that you guys are listening. Thank you for joining us this week on Inverse. We'll see you next week. God bless. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jared Thomas, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, this is Inverse.